the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here is your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hey, great show, great guests, all coming your way right in OW now. You know, when you look at the church in the past, actually the local church has been the focal point, uh, you know, for, for some of the greatest outreaches in the universe. But God is uh, changing the focus a little bit uh, these d- days, and it's, uh, the church certainly has a, a key role in this, but it's also workplace ministries. You'd be amazed at what God has done by planting His Word into workplace ministries and workplace workers. And in these days, all these things are coming to pass together so the world can go, where'd that voice come from? That person used to sit next to me in the, in the cubicle, and they still do, but they have a different complexion about the words that they're sharing. And so mm-hmm. we're going to talk a little bit more about those things. And I want to introduce my first hour guest. This has been a friend of mine for a number of years, Diane Kukala. She's with Blueprint, we call it Blueprint Leadership, uh, Blueprint Leadership, right, Diane? That's right. I'll get it right sooner or later. You got it. it. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about the workplace ministry. And you do a lot of intimate work with uh, businesses and help them come to a level of appreciation, not only with Scripture, but give them an ability to do excel even beyond their own imagination. Talk just very briefly about that. Okay. Well, so Blueprint Leadership really is taking a biblical approach, but with the code word of Blueprint I like it. Uh, to help uh, leaders in the organization really create a workspace, a workplace, an environment for people to do their best work to serve customers. Yes. Yes. And, and so you've been doing this for more than five minutes, haven't you? Yes. 13 years now. <laughs> and so you've learned some lessons along the way. So that's, sometimes God gives us these things and we we learn as we go. And so he helps you craft it. So you, we're going to have you share a little bit about some of the revelations that you've had in dealing with businesses as well. So where do we want to take this first uh, 10 minutes or so? We want to talk a little bit about you, the vision, and uh, how you work, interact with, uh, with, with businesses? With business? Yes. Or you know what? I was wondering, uh, uh, Kaz, do you want to have a little conversation about what does it mean to, you know, what is the kingdom of God and what does that mean for, uh, for you know, bringing the kingdom to the earth and, and kingdom of God in the, in the marketplace? Sure, sure. You, you, you're, you know, when, when I invited you to join me, I said, you are not a guest, you are a co-host. All right. So co-host, what do you want to do? <laughs> so, I'd love to talk about the kingdom of God a little bit. And, sure. And just, you know, when, uh, you, you know, as, as you and I have talked about the kingdom of God being so important yes. to, uh, you know, really the, the, the mission of, of Jesus on earth. And really, when we think about uh, the kingdom, you think about the divine design and that takes us back to the blueprint because the Lord had a divine design and that was the blueprint. And that really was uh, the the way that he had set up the Garden of Eden, right, yes. in, in the original form. 
And uh, I think I told you a while ago that um, in, in about 2010, I had this curiosity about what does it mean uh, for when God says, it, when Jesus said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is at hand or, you know, when he prayed, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What did he really mean by that? Good. And uh, so I, I decided, which is not quite really me, but I, I, I decided to, take the, the, uh, to read the Bible from the mm. beginning to the end and really just with that one thing in mind. Yes. And it came to Psalm 89.14, which says, and I think this summarizes that question. It says, the kingdom of God is uh, righteousness and justice, but covenant love goes before that. And so really that's a summary of what... Say that again. Yeah. The two components which are covered by a third component. Talk about yeah. that again. Say that again. Yeah, so there's the the, uh, the righteousness of God, the justice of God, but covenant love comes before that. It's yes. really important to see that sequence. Because a lot of times people have the one or the other, but they don't incorporate the love component, and it goes askew very quickly, doesn't it? That's so right. And so one of the things that you've realized in doing this blueprint uh, uh, outreach, this blue, uh, blueprint leadership, is to be able to tie all those components together. And if I'm a business person, I go, hmm, hadn't thought about that, but it's an equation that works. That's right. And I really want to talk about, you know, later on in the program, to really think about what does uh, the, the leadership model look like in our business world when we incorporate Psalm 8914? What is righteousness? What is justice? And what is covenant love in side of Ooh. an organization and wow, how, wow, we, wow. how we lead? I mean, these, these CEOs and CFOs must be going, Hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but when you begin applying this, God's precepts work. Yes. And all of a sudden you start to bear fruit. Yes. You know what's interesting, Kaz, is actually there was a, a, there's a book called Good to Great, and it measured the great companies. And it talked about leadership as being one of the most important factors. But there's another study that was done afterwards that proved actually servant-led companies are much more profitable than even the great companies mm. that were studied. And the word you, you said is servant-led. Wow, wow, right. wow. You, you must be but, servant as, as our Lord and Savior, you servant of all. The greatest among you is a servant of all. Well, what a strategy for a business. I right. Mean, please. Right. <laughs> Biblical leadership, most profitable leadership. Wow. We're going to get into this even more. And I know that you've handpicked a guest or so to come along with us. And we're going to introduce that guest in the, the remaining segments of this show as well. Because, my friend, you can tell that Diane Kakala has, she's, she's pouring it out. She's got the stuff. But the guest she's bringing in is pouring it out, too. We're going to get drenched in right. this entire hour. So I know you're going to enjoy this. Any other thoughts in the, the, the couple of minutes we have left in this segment, Diane? Well, um, I think, you know, when we think about uh, probably the most important thing when we think about what is God's plan to bring heaven to earth is that concept of love. And what does love really look like, right? And so when we think about love, I think, you know, the most important thing is recognizing that love is about being unconditional, to be able to separate a person from their behavior, that we love the individual regardless. Jesus loves everyone regardless. God loves everyone regardless of the behavior. And whether it's in the marketplace or any other environment, 
to be able to understand the worth and value and bless and call out the goodness of that person's character, that person's... Se- separating the person from mm. the, the, char- the character, the person the from the from behavior. behavior. Yeah. That, that's an amazing concept right there, you know, and that's, you know, Jesus did that as a matter of course. Yeah. And the disciples began to learn that eventually when they, after they had awed about this person and that person, all of a sudden they realized that's not what our Savior taught. And so when we realize our attitudes in a, in a business community isn't what the Savior taught, and we start applying those things, not only do you have harmony in, the work, harmony in the work relationship, but within that work relationship, you have harmony with clients, and God blesses you and makes you successful as a result of that, and you go, all I did was follow a few biblical precepts and follow the Lord. Oh, that must be the answer. It works. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, we're going to spend some more time on this, and uh, your guest... As well, we'll introduce that person for the last three segments as well. But my listening friend, can you sense that God has a message here for you? And that he, if you're in, well, you're, many of you are probably either working for or with people. You might be an employee or an employer. But what we're going to be sharing with you in this hour are keys that are going to make you even more successful than you can ever imagine. And the keys are really simply doing what he did. And understanding how to apply those things. You know, we many of us who are believers, we know that he did the stuff. But sometimes it's hard to take it, what he did and apply it to our lives. So we're going to deal with that, are we not, Diane? For Cal- sure. That's excellent. <laughs> well, my friends, uh, we're coming up against a break here. But uh, about one more minute. Give us... I'm going to put put you on the spot, Diane Kukala. Give us a nugget in 60 seconds. Give us a Diane Kukala uh, blueprint leadership nugget in three, two, one. <laughs> I think one of the nuggets, Kaz, is something you do all the time, and that is how can we bless people? You know, and being a blessing just means how do we praise? How do we call out? How do we find strengths in someone else? And so the more that we can do that, the more we create life in people, and then they live up to the expectations that we have and that they then have for themselves because wow. they have that vision on their heart. I knew, I see, I, sometimes you can know when you put people on the spot, some people have the goods, and Dan Kukala of a Blueprint Leadership, you've got the goods. Well, Diane's going to stay with me for a, this entire hour as co-host with me, and uh, in the next segment, we're going to have a guest who is an amazing did I say that right? An amazing teacher. She has a real prophetical bent. We're going to get into that as well. And she also has a, a real knack for transforming the marketplace for Christ. We're going to talk with this person. In fact, so I might exciting. let you two wild and crazy women go, and I'll just sit back and take a coffee break or something like that. My friends, you are going to be amazed by the next few segments and the people we have on the air. And get ready to open up your the, the lid of your vessel so that you can get poured into big time. So... uh Diane Kakala, thank you for co-hosting with me. And my listening so friend, thank you for staying with us for the entire two hours. And we'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And yes, indeed, we are back. Diane Kukala with the Blueprint Leadership is with me, and she's a smiler. you got to love her. But she's smiling because God has given her some secrets about how to transact business from a scriptural perspective and change the world. But before she changes the world, it changes the people in the business as well. Diane, 
You've been excited about this guest, haven't you? I have. You know, I'm going to hand it because did I mention that you're a co-host? Yes, you did mention that <laughs> Just a few once times. I got here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Diane, why don't you do the introduction of your guest and we will begin this segment. I'd be so honored. Thanks, Kaz. Uh, so I want to introduce Helen Mitchell. Uh, she's been a friend of mine since 2007. Mm-hmm. I actually met Helen at a Faith at Work conference in Atlanta and uh, she's both a, a visionary and a co-founder of the Faith at Work initiative at Saddleback Church. Uh, she's now working uh, with the Talbot Center for Faith and Work and Economics. Uh, she's a professor at Biola University, and she's also leading a learning initiative at Convene, which is a peer-to-peer CEO group of Christian uh, Christian CEOs. Yes. Is she on the phone, or is she right here? She is right here. Right here? Right I am right her. here. <laughs> so exciting. Down in lovely San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, you know, so, Helen, uh, I, I know that you've done a lot of work in um, helping uh, the, the church and people who are in the church environment environment to really understand uh, two things. What about work and what is women's role? What is the role of Ooh, women in the this work? This could be a great segment. So, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's start by, can you just describe for us, uh, I'm wondering, it, did God give us uh, work as a curse or as a blessing? Ooh. Oh, so many people I think feel like that their work is cursed <laughs> yeah, based on their job or their boss that they work for. But actually, Uh, It's the ground in Genesis 3 that's cursed. It's not work. God gave Adam and Eve work in the garden in Genesis 1 and 2. So work was actually given as a gift, and it's part of God's great design. And we've actually kind of distorted that with the mission of the local church today. That's right. But it's been the weeds that were the curse. And so translate the weeds in today's vernacular. Oh, it's the difficulty in, in doing the job in terms of working with difficult people, with the, you know, the, the deceit that uh, sometimes trying to do an honest business deal to copyright infringement to whatever else might be, uh, be going on. Just sometimes work is tough. We live in a fallen world. This is not heaven. This is earth. Wow. So, uh, you know, Helen, what do you, what, what are, as you talk to pastors and you talk to people within the church, you know, what's the sentiment about, you know, work going forward and, the, and, and work as worship? You mentioned earlier, work, work as, as worship, worship going Ellen, forward. That's revolutionary. Work as worship. When, you know, when work, when done in the hands of a believer, can be worship, right? Whatever you do, do it as if you're working for the Lord and not for men. And, you know, if we have the right heart. But here is one of the things that we can get into these conversations with pastors because the church, so many churches have been formed and shaped on the, what we know is the Great Commission in Matthew 28, go and mm, make disciples. Yes. Mm. But right before that, Jesus says, all, heaven, all power and authority on heaven and earth has been given, given to me. me. And yes. we kind of miss that. And we ask, why did Jesus say that? We never lost authority in heaven, but authority on earth was lost in Genesis 3 at the fall. And so at the cross, Jesus is saying, I am reinstituting things back in in a fashion the way they were in Genesis 1 and 2. I am reinstituting my management team in place to go and manage the earth with my delegated authority for human flourishing and to bring good and redemption through work. And he's reinstituting both man and woman back into the workplace and then also the relationship with the Father. Wow. Now, the Great Commission comes in because now we have this little problem with sin in the world. So he is just adding on to what, what we are to do. So the Christian mission in the world is both what we're called to do with work and to go and make disciples. You know, the scripture that you used there, he says, all, pow- how, how's it all power and authority has been given unto me. Right. Therefore, 
Right. Therefore, yes. Therefore, go and make disciples. So, so it was a lot of a lot of people here that go and make disciples, and they forget that who whose responsibility is to make it happen is the Lord Jesus Christ through you. Exactly. And he, he hasn't said, go do it and check back with me how you're doing. It's a matter of us entrusting him through his Holy Spirit to empower us to do this. And that is, that's revolutionary because a lot of time in the business environment or the pastoral environment, we go, okay, we know the Great Commission. Now, how are we going to accommodate and accomplish this? And we get our works tied up into all that. And Jesus is going, wait a minute, if the power has been vested in me and to me and through me to you, right, you'd be right. checking it in with me every step of the way instead of checking back with me after you've done something. And I love to ask people <laughs> in the marketplace, so tell me, in the Great Commission, yes, I know it. Well, what does that have to do with your daily work, mm. with making deals, answering phones, the things that you do from the day-to-day, uh, being a barista in a coffee shop, and write absolutely nothing with the context of the day-to-day work that you are called to do. So wow. how do you answer that question, Helen, when, you know, people are, are saying, uh, I'm a barista. How do, how, how do I worship and glorify God doing that job? Well, you, you know, it, we just take them back first to purpose and understanding, which they are not really hearing enough of, that just their work in and of itself can have intrinsic value and in ministering to someone. If you are a barista in a coffee shop, what are, you are actually providing a service and, and ministry really is is really in the mm-hmm. Greek diakonia, which is service one to another. Ministry is not a job title, an industry, or an occupation. Ministry is what we do. Full-time ministry is what you do the moment you have an honest conversion in Jesus Christ. Wow. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are in full-time ministry. It is not about a mm-hmm. job title. So if you're a barista, you are serving and ministering to the person who would like that coffee sure. in the morning. That's part. Of, you can pray over that person. Ask God for a word or something that you can say to encourage that Bring person life. today. Mm-hmm. How many lives do you touch? Well, how about a person who's back in the back office somewhere? They only they only get to interact with a few of the people that are in their in their business Absolutely. environment. But the same same thing. You know, it reminds me of a scripture that talks about that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. The whole issue is not necessarily preaching, you know, Acts 4 7 says this, you know, and, uh, right. and yeah. you know, uh, right. Hebrews this says this. No, it's a matter of letting Living our it. lives be the gospel yes. for, for people. And, you know, a lot of times people can minister the truths of God just by a smile or an encouraging Absolutely. word or anything like that. Absolutely. 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 And, in, you know, Jesus said there in Matthew five sixteen, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and praise your father in heaven. And that word works in the Greek is ergon, which can mean business, employment, anything done Ooh. by hand. So Jesus is saying, let people see what you do with great innovation, creativity and uh, problem solving and bringing solutions to the table to problems that cannot be solved and have people go, wow, how did you do that? Where did that come from? Well, so, so, the, so the, the question that they're asking is, how did you do that? Where did it come from? At that juncture, yes, you have, then right. they've opened the door for you to answer the Absolutely. question. Absolutely. Sometimes we, we go, uh, they never opened the door, but I'm going to drill down and force them to know the Savior that I serve. And that can be dangerous, but but if you show the good works, people are going to ask questions. And basically trusting God to have them ask the right questions, Absolutely. and all of a sudden, you get to present this, your Savior. And we have to remember, as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, our X factor is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Say Amen. that again, our... Our X factor is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you gotta love that. Love it. Diane, she has the, she has the wisdom that you have. Different words, same <laughs> wisdom. Well, you know what I love about this is, is really what Helen is talking about is as we worship in excellence, we open doors 
for the opportunity to glorify God by, you know, sharing where our where our creativity comes from. So you said your excellence is worship. Yeah, mm-hmm. our excellence what? is also our evangelism, Kaz. Oh, don't oh. be telling anybody about my Jesus if you show up late, turn right. reports in <laughs> right. late, and you don't do quality work and work with all your heart. Wow. And if you're only about the Great Commission, you're supposed to evangelize your coworkers, then we've disconnected ourselves from yes. the very act of the excellent work that we're called to do. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all Absolutely. in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, my, nice. my. I very love nice. It. Yep. So there we go. I mean, I think when we think it, when the bottom line is we've talked about how love is so important yes. in the marketplace yes. in order to care and really bring kindness, uh, which is a representation of God's first and Jesus's first characteristic. But Helen, you've really been talking about how do we worship God through our excellence, through our problem solving, through uh, the what I call that's really uh, a, a component of of doing the right things right, which is righteousness, that pillar of righteousness. Excellence and righteousness go hand in hand. Yes, they do. That's how we exemplify heaven on earth here in our workplace. Let me just real quickly connect what you just said, excellence and loving one another. That, for example, if you do, let's say you have to turn in a report or information, your expenses, you do that with quality and on time to not cause the people downstream who have to process your paperwork to rush and to cause them stress and pain. You are loving your coworker as you work with excellence. So you're thinking about your coworker while you're working. In other words, what exactly. can I do to make your life easier and bless you? To serve. And but but that kind of is, is like a uh, a good disease that it catches on. You know, right? Pa- uh, right. Pay, what they say, paying it forward. Right, right. And as the Old Testament says, help your neighbor get their donkey out of the ditch. And the donkey <laughs> was their economic means. Help <laughs> your coworker with their work. Oh my my! Since you mentioned the Old Testament, it's a good uh, transition for me to prepare us for the next. Segment. You know, the scripture talks about in First Corinthians ten eleven. it says these things happen to the people in the Old Testament for examples unto us. And in other words, the Old Testament is a blueprint. The Old Testament is a pattern for us to understand these things that are ha- happening now. But also Jesus is the fulfillment of these blueprints. So as we embrace him and the blueprints of Old Testament, we can start to get a real understanding about how God wants us not only for us to work in in business, but also one-to-one with other people. We're going to talk more about that. And I trust that, Diane, that you've invited Helen to stay for more than just that one segment. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Absolutely. So you're going to do that. My listening friend, I hope you're getting uh, inspired because the truth that we're sharing here, you know, they really make total sense. But sometimes we get so blinded by Think that we're do- we think that we're doing the right thing. We forget about the simple truths of Scripture, the simple facts that Jesus gave us to function properly. And when we exercise these things in our life, the world can change because it sees us changed as well. We're going to talk more about this in the workplace environment, and uh, we want you to stay right where you are. Do not go away because we will be right back. <laughs> more. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on AM 1210 K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. And thank you very much. We are back. Diane Kukala is with me of Blueprint Leadership. You know, and as soon as I hear phrases and things like that, it, it triggers my thoughts as far as what it, where does that phrase or uh, illustration show itself in scripture. So, you know, one of the things that I love about Diane, she, the, the terminology she, she uses like blueprint leadership. I love the idea of blueprint because scripture really talks about the value of 
blueprints. You know, even in, in Genesis, it says that God gave us the sun, the moon, and the stars for signs and seasons. And so all, all scripture and all truths that God created have with them, within them signs for us to understand how to do things. Mm. And in, in Romans, it says, because they didn't understand it, they're without excuse. I gave it to them. What you do in, in you know, your, your outreach blueprint leadership is that you show the blueprints for things and you give them stuff. And this is not stuff that you're creating out of your own large brain. This is stuff that God, <laughs> that God has used to give to you and you can give these applications to other people. And these applications are true because the signs that God has given are true. So you and, uh, you know, we've got uh, Helen Mitchell from uh, Talbot School of Theology. You can tell that I'm uh, outclassed really quickly here with these two, but uh, let's dive into a few more things. You and Helen were talking about talking about some things you wanted to discuss, and I said, I'll kind of sit back on this and only toss a few goofy exactly. jokes as we go. So go ahead, Diane. Well, one of the things I was thinking about is, you know, when you talk about the signs of the times, you know, back in 2010, when I was looking at what is uh, the, what, what, what did Jesus mean when he said kingdom of God on earth? Yes. And we came to Psalm 8914. Well, the almost ridiculous thing is that uh, by that time we had had our leadership model and the leadership model is that uh, really there's three components to solving any problem. The, the first is to have relational proficiency. The second is to have operational excellence. And the third is to, to have strategic impact, which means serve your customers, right? Oh yes. And that, that actually that model completely aligns to Psalm 89.14. So if we say covenant love in the marketplace, that means just caring about people, serving other people, right? And if we, you look at righteousness, doing the right things right, that's operational excellence. And then when you look at uh, the strategic impact, that is about uh, making sure that you serve your customers, which is the community of God. Yes, right? yes, and yes. Helen, you yeah. and I have talked about Helen Mitchell, this why don't you weigh, weigh in on this? Helen Mitchell, the Talbot School of Theology and beyond. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, Diane is exactly, exactly correct. Is, uh, I agree with her. I've seen this not only in the business world, but in the church in terms of her three-pronged approach between impact, influence, and relationships. And, it's, uh, and when we look at that, where is our perspective or our belief held in terms of how we approach that? And if we look in the marketplace, if we don't see that our work has any other meaning or value than just advancing our own career or earning a living, My, it's right. going to be, it's, it, we're not going to be working with full impact and joy that we, we can, and we're not going to be fulfilling the purposes that we are called here on earth. Well, and God, you know, here's what I see is God, and you use the three-prong approach, you use the word three-prong, and that's very valid because we're spirit. Can spirits, I say that? Yeah, we're, say we're, right. we're, okay. we're spirit, soul, and body, but the, the yes. truth of the matter is if we're only firing on one piston, we're not getting the job done like we were supposed to do. So, but the three-prong approach really de- deals with the, the mind, soul, and emotion uh, the, the natural and the spiritual of mankind, and if we're if we're doing that, then all of a sudden the entire person is being properly dealt with, and we don't even. And you you had this so business good. model, you didn't even know what was going on, but because you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, He planted them into you, and then right. you go, wait a minute, this is that right, and it makes <laughs> and it makes the marketplace so much more. Uh, you know, it's much so much more passion because you know that it's grounded biblically. But you just said something, Kes, that I think is really important, and that is... I did? We, yeah, <laughs> he always says important things. But one of the things I think it was really important that you said, and I think, Helen, you can come in on this too, is that difference between 
the soul and the spirit. And, you know, in Romans 7, it talks about the difference between, you know, I, I want to do the things that are right. That's the spirit yeah, talking, but, right? But I do the things <laughs> I don't want to do. And that's the soul speaking, right? And so, you know, Helen, what are some of the thoughts that you have about how do we make convergence between the spirit and Ooh, the soul in our worship of the Lord? Oh, that is, wow, that is such a deep and a great topic right there in that, if we don't understand that distinction and how that means and how we carry out our authority in the marketplace, then it's really irrelevant. Um, let's talk for just a minute. What does that mean, the soul and the spirit, mm-hmm. Diane? That, you know, I hear a lot of times that, oh, God is, in, God is in control. Well, I mean, for those of you who are listening to the program, if you have children, let me ask you a question. Are you in control of your children? You know, when your kid hits that ball through the neighbor's window, are you in control of your children? Are you in control of all the decisions that that they make? And I think we'd all agree that the answer to that would be no. No. That that we are in charge of our household, we're in charge of our children, we're in charge of our businesses or our places of employment, or we're in charge of the work that we do. And it's a distinction that I think that's important to the heart of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Back to the Genesis 1-2 creation mandate that God gave Adam and Eve and his delegated authority to rule and manage the earth with his authority, which then extends to us after the cross. Now, if we were to say that God is in control, then he is responsible for every bad thing that happens out there. God has delegated authority and given us, he's in charge, and he's given us the authority to carry out his will and his wishes in the world, and that includes the marketplace. So here's the charge, the body, soul, and spirit. If we don't like what we see, it is our responsibility as believers to start making a difference and to go through, start by going through your workplace. Because if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, go through and pray through your workplace. Wow. You know, and one of the things that I see functioning in non-believing workplaces, they've got the, uh, the body and the soul part. Right. So they, you know, right. They, they understand how to make myself flourish and things like that and dealing with uh, administering things to other people's bodies to make them do what you want to do. But the spirit part is the part that really brings them all together. Absolutely. And throughout, through that uh, a threefold unity, um, this is the thing that cha- changes the rules, basically, and people can see God through your actions. If they see you as a soul-minded person, soulish as in me, my, me, my, mine, you know, they go, eh, they're the boss, I need to do this, and I'll get my paycheck, then I'll live my life any way that I want. Or if it's very uh, body-related, like, uh, let's just do this because I want it done, you know, I'm the boss. And then, you know, you you punch your clock and you get in and out, but when you have somebody that goes spirit, soul, and body, the spiritual component as well, they are caring for you. And as soon as you add that third component in there, yep. businesses really function well. That's don't, the very DNA they, of Helen. Jesus himself, of, the, of, of God himself. Yeah, and you know, one of the things, there's two things that, that you know are important to take note of. One of them is that the difference between, in the workplace, uh, power leadership versus servant leadership. Oh, good. Right? So the power leadership is that place where, you know, ta- where Kaz was just talking about, you know, let's push our way. Let's, let's, let's be self-ambitious and get our, you know, promotion. Those kinds of things come from a soul, really, that's been wounded and hurt or from not understanding, really, that there's a bigger purpose in life. There's a bigger calling. Servant leadership is where the Spirit is leading us, okay. that we're serving just like Jesus served every single person, right? And so, That's good. Yeah. So and, good. Yeah, so, and that, that, uh, that actually also, uh, you know, merges with some of the things that you're teaching in, in, the, in, the, 
in the church and in the in the educational system as well on that mountain, right? So let me just ask you to give us a, a, a word picture of what it looks like when you're doing this instruction to people. Are you in a church environment or a business environment or both? What does this look yes. like when you're doing... <laughs> and academia. We forgot academia. that. Yes, yes exactly. the church, business, marketplace, and in academia. Do you feel like this is well-received in all three of those uh, different areas, arenas? Uh, increasingly more so. In some arenas... Uh, more than others, but absolutely. Yes. And do you sense that God is doing some things absolutely. big time to, yes. to get his church ready for, so, you know, we've been practicing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, I have, uh, I teach a, a, an organizational ethics class with 22, you know, your senior, you know, 22 year old kids, and they are absolutely hungry wow. to understand this. Wow. It'll be fun. When it be in, the, in the last section, I'm hoping that we can talk a little bit about next generation and the leadership of that generation. Oh, and let's do. And he, my friend, there's the, she's thrown the gauntlet. And let's see what Kaz does about that. You know, that's exactly right. But what we want to do is we want to bring this home. So in the last segment of this hour, what we're going to do, not only we're we going to summarize these things, because you've got a lot of uh, uh, the bigger picture things. Now we're going to drill down and see what does this mean to you. But we're also going to look at how this impacts this generation upcoming as well. We're going to deal with those things as well. So my friend, if you've got another generation or two beneath you in this and you want to understand what that looked like to them and maybe how you can help impact that, we're going to talk about that and summarize how to apply these things in your own life as well. Do not go away because we will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. I'll tell the world. Come together, San Diego, with Cass Taylor on AM 1210 K-Praise. I'll tell the world. And that's our intent, my friend. We're going to be telling the world. That's our heart cry. There are kingdom truths that uh, Diane Kakala with Blueprint Leadership has been sharing with me. And she brought along a, a friend, Helen Mitchell, with the uh, Talbot School of Theology, we're getting, we're, you know, we're we're di- we're discovering things in this broadcast, and I, I wanted to use this segment, Diane, to kind of uh, s- not only summarize things, but also we want to talk. You know, we've been talking a lot about things that the the older generation comprehends, but there's a whole generation, you know, the 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 next generation leaders who are entering the picture as well, and there are some things that you wanted to relate to them. But before we do these things, I think. We haven't even mentioned your websites yet. So, Diane, why don't you give us your website? So, mine is blueprintleadership.com. And Helen? Helen? HelenMitchell.org. Okay, one more time, slowly. Blueprintleadership.com. That's right. HelenMitchell.org. HelenMitchell.org. Is it with two L's or one? One L in Helen, two L's in Mitchell. Ooh, that's... I think I got it. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this next, this upcoming generation and how... Do these principles work for them as well? Duh. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So you just set that up so beautifully because really, when I think about leadership, we all know that biblical principles of leadership are unchanging and always work, right? But with the the next generation of leaders, there's so many things that this generation is coming uh, forward with that are a little bit different than what the way that prior uh, prior leaders, the way that they've led. And, you know, sometimes there's there's sort of this... uh, 
occasionally people have uh, some criticism of the next generation leader. Mm-hmm. But, and they have their own criticisms back, too, by the way. Yeah, I, that's very true. That's very true. I mean, one of the things that I want to make sure that we say and just encourage people along is that one of the things that the next generation has, it seems within their DNA, and, and Kellen, you're working with these students, You know, it seems in their DNA there's something that the Lord has placed where they really want to make a difference. That having meaning and significance and changing the world for good is yes. part of who they are. And I might suggest something to you, my listening friend. These 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 youngsters, they they are willing to question stuff. And some, sometimes, yes, if we are, are in our uh, Eiffel towers or our our, our big towers of, that we're used to doing, we are offended by people asking those kind of questions. But those questions need to be asked. And they need to be answered. And as we then, then the ne- earlier, the older generation go, you know, that was kind of dumb thinking on my part. And these young people, they're not, they don't hesitate to ask those questions. Helen, thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with both of you. I have the pleasure of teaching at Biola University in the undergraduate program, organizational ethics, primarily, you know, seniors, some, some juniors uh, in the business school. And just what you're saying, Diane, there is just such this, this, this burden of sense of purpose and meaning and contribution and how they look at the world. But they also and very much want to be able to figure some of these things out on them themselves. They, and, and you walk them through a process of how do you form your view? Where are you drawing your information to form your opinion? And so they really want to be able to have a voice. They don't want to be told what to think. And at the mm. same point, in this organizational ethics class, we do work through and talk through some very sticky dilemmas and ethical issues throughout the entire whole semester. And these are things that are not generally being spoken of yes. in the local church or in the home. Would you say that, Helen, that uh, we in the earlier generations have some old baggage that we have misapplied and th- th- we're so used to doing things that way that we haven't taken a fresh look. And these younger people, they go, that doesn't make any sense to me. And all of a sudden it makes us rethink our strategies and all of a sudden God, Holy Spirit can be right in that. Absolutely. I mean, I learned from these students. Yes. They are they are incredibly smart as, <laughs> I, as I watch the depth of that. But they're but the, but the next generation and these students, they are dealing with issues we didn't have to deal with. Uh, for example, you know, what are the ethical issues and, and dilemmas around just, say, in vitro fertilization and oh surrogacy and, you know, all of those things and selling your embryos? And we spend a whole good class session and they write a paper about just that topic. That was not an issue when I was no. their age. <laughs> so uh, so these, these, these kids, these are high, these young adults, next generation leaders are highly competent. Let me ask you this question. Would you say, knowing what you know and speaking to these young people, do you think if properly uh, administrated, we're in pretty good hands if we properly teach them? We're in pretty good hands. The next generation can do us justice. Oh, I think the next generation can can do a tremendous service to, to the community and to the world. I think it starts... You know, what are we doing in the home? What are we doing in the educational institution? Mm -hmm. And as Diane is really focusing on very much, how do we mentor, support them, and develop them Mm -hmm. as leaders and as workers in the marketplace and meet them in a unique way where they're at? And Diane is really doing some great work in that area. Yes, yes. And I think this is the time you want to uh, put a period at the end of that sentence. You're welcome to. But I'd like to also get into summarizing everything so that the people that have been listening go, ooh, 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 those are good. But how do I apply that in my work environment? So where do you want to take this? The only thing that, you know, to add is is to to end that section on Next Generations. I think you brought up the subject about how important it is for the generations to work together. 
And there's some things that the next generation is bringing. There's some things that the old generation has. Yeah. And the, together, I think that's where we can reset the way leadership is yes, done. If one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. Absolutely. There's a wonderful equity in the truth of scripture, isn't there, Helen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> always works. It always works. Yep. So let's, uh, let's, now here I am. I've listened to this entire hour. I'm going, great things, but how do I apply this with me in my work environment, I may be a CEO or CFO, or I may just be an employee. Uh, help, help me bring that to fore. Yep. So, uh, Helen, jump in here. I'll start by just saying the. I think that one of the most important things in terms of um, really putting this to action, the biblical principles of leadership. The number one thing is how do we think about serving? Serving our customers, serving our partners, what you know, even vendors or whatever the case Employers might be. Employers and, and serving our employees. Yes, yeah. right? And so, yep, the first principle of biblical leadership is unchanging, never will change, is how do we serve others? I would just say that work or our workplace or the job that we do is just one of the arenas or spheres of calling that we have, no matter the job, whether you are a business leader or whether you are an hourly worker, you're a factory worker that that is a calling that we have that has dignity, that has worth, and when it's done with uh, eyes on Jesus, it can have eternal impact. Okay, if I'm an employee or if I'm an employer, how does my next week look? How does my next week look as I start to implement these things, Diane and Helen? Yeah, so one of the things, and I think that Helen brought this up earlier, is that sense of, you know, the that we're bringing excellence into the marketplace or wherever we're, you know, we're working, whatever sphere it is, bringing excellence is so important because it is the worship. Uh, it's in, and when you think about the, the, you know, in biblical times, cra- the crafts that people had, God expected them to be excellent. He chose the excellent ones. And so bringing excellence into our marketplace is a, a way of, of bringing forward the image of God. Wow. I'd just like to say, Kaz and Diane, for those folks who may be in a job that they just don't like and it feels burdensome and oppressive, mm-hmm. uh, just want to just say that, you know, work is a calling and that and if you are still called in, to be in that job, then there is still work for you to do. Yes. And as we say, keep your place at the table unless yeah. it's immoral and unethical or it's toxic to your soul because likely the person coming behind you won't have the same uh, same burden uh, to, uh, for righteousness that maybe you do. Yes, and it's, it's really a big picture, too. It's not just, uh, here I am stuck in this job. Yeah. You may not be stuck in the job. God may have just been using this job to temper and prepare you right. to launch you I into bigger that. and better. Exactly. Yeah, and whatever, exactly. bring joy. Yeah, bring whatever, joy. Yeah. Bring joy. Yeah. We've got about a minute and a half, so each of you take uh, a, a few seconds to give your conclusion to this. In other words, your period at the end of this sentence, and then we'll go on into our next segment. So start with you, Diane Kukala. And uh, I love your uh, your uh, uh, blueprint leadership perspective. Well, maybe one of the things that I'll do in just a little, little bit of a remaining time is just tell a quick story. I just had this happen last week. I was up working with an organization, and uh, one of the people on the team was taking a kind of power approach. And what ended up happening is that the CEO got tempted to 
uh, you know, come back with a power approach, right? Mm-hmm. And a power on power never works, <laughs> right? So it's in that very moment that the practice of biblical principle to come back in a servant orientation rather than a power orientation is the right answer. Ooh. So it, it, this is practical, right? Yes, and it changes the rules all of a sudden. Somebody's expecting to get one yes. thing, and all of a sudden they get another. Exactly. I, I would just close and just say that there is, Scripture does not support any hierarchy of work. Mm. that we are all called to do a work based on our talent, skills, and giftings. And Jesus said in John 15, I have called you to, to, to do work that, to, to bear fruit that lasts, lasts for eternity. Mm-hmm. So Jesus called us before all time, and our work, whether it be in the home, whether it be in the marketplace, whether we're running a company or sweeping the floors, each one can have dignity, and there is no hierarchy of work. Wow, and there's a scripture that talks about, and, and your fruit shall remain yeah. Uh, uh, if we abide in Jesus. And we abide Jesus, and this brings glory to God by your abiding fruit. My listening friend, I th- hope that uh, you've mm. been stirred and inspired by this whole hour. We've, we've really had fun talking with Diane Kukala with the uh, uh, Blueprint Leadership, and Helen Mitchell. She's everywhere doing everything. I mean, Saddleback, you've worked with them, and uh, Talbot School of Theology and Biola University. Please, you're everywhere. You're you're learning omnipresence. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, needing to rest, Kaz. Yes, yes, yes. My friends, we're going to be right back. You know, we we talk a little bit about uh, work can be your worship when you do it excellently. Well, the next segment we're going to deal with worship and excellence, and we're going to have somebody on with us that deals with helping you understand worship better and actually give you tools, maybe even musical instruments to do that, not only you, but your household as well. We're going to be talking about that as well. So Diane Kakala, thank you. And Helen Mitchell, thank you for joining me. My friend, I I tell you what, this is exciting, but stay with us because we've only just begun and we will be right back. Right back. (laughs) You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. God loves San Diego. This is AM 1210 K-Praise. KPRZ San Marcos Poway. A service of Salem Media Group. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on AM 1210 K-Praise. Wow, my friend, what an amazing first hour we had. But you know something? Stay tuned for a wild and crazy second hour as well because we have David Garrity. and He's with the Recreational Music Center in San Diego. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about how, you know, Scripture says, actually Scripture says that God inhabits the praises of His people. And so if you want to have God's habitation, you're, you're, you have a better chance of a full habitation with him and in him and him in you is if you uh, understand how to worship and praise him because he loves it. He loves it. And so, and David Garrity and I have been friends for quite some time. And uh, he not only is an excellent, an excellent with a capital E, excellent musician, but he also runs, he, he uses his passion to teach others the skill sets as well. Recreational Music Center uh, Liberty Station, right? Right. In, in San Loma. Diego, mm-hmm. in Point Loma. David Garrity, it's good to have you on the show. Oh, thank you, Kaz. This is really a pleasure for me to be here. Well, you know, I, I've observed you, and sometimes, and your wife's name is Leslie. Leslie, yes. And I've observed you two with young people. One, one of the things that was remarkable, not only do I see you in a worship environment 
Um, but I also see you in an educational environment and how you guys work with these young kids and they, you know, for a long time they've loved music and maybe they, they sing a few songs here and there, but you realize that they can play a role in the creation of music and it doesn't even have to be something that's been created before they get the opportunity to actually create it. So uh, tell me a little bit about your vision for the uh, recreational music center. We'll bring a guest or two in that can add to what you have to say. David Garrity. All right. Well, thanks guys. So, I mean, ultimately since we are human, we're musical. And so say that again, since we are human, we're musical made in the likeness and image of God created worship. It's, it's a part of his being. It's a part of us as human beings. So the foundation of recreational music center, when my wife and I started and we founded it back in 2009, the whole concept is it's for everyone. So you have your conservatories and you have your different sections of music schools. And for us, recreational it's like for those who are want to be the conservatory route or they want to just have an experience for us we like to think of ourselves as spark igniters for those who might not even know that they you know the common saying is oh i'm just not musical i said yes are, are you breathing yes there you you're go. musical yeah, so yeah, our yeah. job is to find the spark to find the passion you know there's a scripture that it reminds me in the old testament it says the lord your god in the midst of you is mighty he will save he will rejoice over thee with joy and he will joy over you with gladness and singing in other words, if God can sing over us and we are made in his image, Absolutely. how important is it? But not only that, my friend, but even if you don't think you've got it, it's embedded in you. You yeah. just have to figure out how to get it out of there. And that's, just haven't <laughs> found it. That's, that's one of the things right. that you and uh, the whole Recreational Music Center people do. So talk a little bit more about that. We've, you know, we've got a whole hour to talk about this, so right. let's use this to talk a little bit about it from your perspective. Sure, sure. So at Recreational Music Center, we're a... Uh, we call ourselves full service. We do yes. everything from early childhood, zero, ages zero, all the way to senior citizens. So cradle to grave. We do the whole thing, everything <laughs> in between. So we believe that, you know, if we're musical and we're human, then it, it covers all age. Nobody's exempt from this. And so we have classes for all things. We have a zero to five early childhood program. We have from ages six to uh, 12. We have group lessons. We have private lessons as well as adult lessons, group, senior citizen. I mean, you name it, we do it. We also do teen bands. So we have bands that go out in the community and get to um, share their love for music. And, as well. so, and summer is an important time for you as well. Summer isn't it? camps are always a huge thing. We do we do all of our lessons all year round, but summer brings a different twist because the summer camp comes into play. And other people now they have the summer free and they can actually invest that time Absolutely. in doing something that's constructive, not only for themselves, but when you know a young person all of a sudden they. They can play the congas or they can play the guitar or the bass guitar or they can play, you know, a cello, whatever the instrument, a keyboard, whatever the instrument is. They go, wait a minute. There's been stuff that's been locked into me. Yeah. That this is an opportunity for me to release that. And not only does it uh, empower them, but it empowers everyone around them. Well, absolutely. And I, I think our, our summer camp structure kind of is the heart and soul of what we do because it allows... Everybody, whether they've had music experience prior, whether they've been playing for years or never touched an instrument before, we get to experience drums, guitar, <laughs> you know, piano, vocals. Yes. And at the end of the week, they perform as a band. Oh, don't you just so love it. So everybody, it shows them, wait a minute, not only can I do this, but I can find that spark that Ooh. can take me, you know, we've had... You know, we'll talk to someone later in the segment as well who will talk about never came in before with you know, no music experience and now they found a passion. And that's yes. our job is to ignite the passion. Yes. And, you know, you know, my friend, even before you were a believer, you, you would gravitate to the songs on the radio and they became, you know, there are certain songs that are pivotal to your life. Absolutely. But how much more if these are songs either of the Lord to you or 
f- about the Lord through you, yes. how much more is that? That kind of yeah. answer is a longing that's been embedded in our souls from the very beginning. We, I mean, self-expression is huge. <laughs> Finding our own expression. You know, I know as a, as a child, I, that's kind of the foundation of my relationship with God, with God was formed yes. as I was writing songs, as I was worshiping. Kind of imagine what it was like, David, in the, you oh, know, with his David. sheep, you know, writing these songs, these psalms to the Lord, foundational to, you know, I found that experience myself at the age of seven and eight and get to wow. know who God is through that expression. Well, you know, let me speak just a minute to the, to the adults. You know, a lot of you say, the only thing I can do is play the radio or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, something like that. But the truth of the matter is you don't really know until you tried. And it's a lot easier. Let's say you can play the congas or a, a, a djembe or a cajon, which are uh, percussion kind of instruments where you, you can make a, you can make a sound. At least you can make a sound. The Bible says make a joyful noise mm-hmm. unto the Lord. So there's, there's something that you can do. And you may realize that there's something else buried that, oh, you're a, you're a, you're a cellist and you didn't even know it. Absolutely. <laughs> if you don't try, you'll never know. You'll never know. And we, we have, we're, we have a covert operation at Recreation Music Center where as they, the adults bring their kids in to learn music, we sneak it in, and next thing you know, they're in there taking their <laughs> oh, lessons because it. you know what? It's for everybody. You know, I, I, every once in a while, I come and visit you guys at the Recreational uh, Music Center, and I love to walk in because you've got rooms all ar- around there that have different, you know, uh, music disciplines, and different teachers are teaching different instruments, for example, or whatever. And I just love to go in there and watch, it, especially the little guys. Yeah. Little guys in there, and you know, they are into it, yeah. absolutely into it, and uh, that's something that they carry with them. You know, there are a lot of people that are worship leaders now that that uh, God stirred the parents to say, "Okay, I want you to spend an hour or so uh, do, doing piano, and I'm going to hold you to that." Oh no, they have to do that. Oh no, but now they're in an env- environment where you know uh, God wants His presence to be seen, and all of a sudden, hey, I can handle that keyboard, and all of a sudden, the whole app atmosphere changes because somebody can lead somebody else into the presence of God and that changes life. Absolutely. In the segment before talking about excellence in worship, well yes. that's what it is. You, you any craft you're doing and music is no exception. You excel when you pour yourself into it and you see the 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 product come and that's this amazing worship that can accomplish when you actually put yourself to something and accomplish a trade, really. Wow, wow, wow. You know, we're going to talk about this in the, the remaining segments as well, David, but one of the things that you said is you're going to be bringing <laughs> some people on, not only, uh, you know, not only from Recreational Music Center, but also some people who have been impacted Absolutely. by the Recreational Music Center, and we're going to have some, not only the parents giving some insights, but also the kids. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, I, when, when you let a kid go, <laughs> there's no telling what they're going to say, but I've observed these kids. From the mouth of babes, it's very important. <laughs> yeah, in, the mouth of, in the mouth of babes and sucklings, God has perfected praise. Mm. Is that right? Beautiful. What does that mean, my yeah. friend? And uh, this is an opportunity for you to find out more about how music can play a key role in your life, not only just listening to music, but creating it yourself. Absolutely. Wow. We're excited about that. So, uh, David, you're going to stay with me for the entire hour. You got me. And you've got some friends that are going to be coming along with you as well. We're going to uncover some things that, you know, you had resident within your spirit, my friend, you didn't even know was there. You might even realize that you are a musician and you didn't even know it. We're going to discover what that looks like, but you may also realize that your family is filled with musicians as well, and they didn't know it. How to bring that from here to there is what we're going to talk about in the next segments. So do not go away. We, David Garrity and I, will be right back. 
This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. <laughs> you know, I mentioned this in the earlier segment uh, with David Garrity, and I said, you know, a lot of people just say the only instrument I know how to play is the radio so they can tune in the radio. And uh, that's all we know how to do. And we, during the break, David was saying, I love to get people like that because I get to reveal to them how God has embedded worship and praise and music into their very hearts. And so uh, uh, co-host David Garrity has some people that can add to this discussion greatly. And you want to introduce a friend and a co-worker as well. Why don't you, I'm going to kind of, as co-host of this whole hour, David Garrity, I'm going to have you kind of jump in and do that. So David Garrity, lay it on us. Absolutely. So uh, our first caller is uh, Vicki Yates, and she's the Director of Operations at Recreational Music Center, really my right hand uh, in all that we do. And so we're so thankful for her to call in and yes, take some yes, time yes. with us today. Vicki, 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 Vicki. <laughs> it's good Hi. to have you. Now, David, you know, he, he's going to ply you with questions, and I will, I will be the one that says, oh, she answered that wrong. And she, no, I won't, really. So, but, you, you know, I, I just love visiting you guys and seeing what the Holy Spirit does through you guys. But here, I need to say this up front, that you're not necessarily technically a, a Christian organization, but you, uh, you have Christ in your lives and heart. So uh, it spills Absolutely. out when you're instructing, I expect. So why don't you take it away, David? Absolutely. Thank you. So, Vicki, first question, what is your role at Recreational Music Center? And just explain a little bit of what you do day in, day out at RMC. Sure. Well, I have the unique opportunity. Um, I am both a student parent and an employee at Recreational Music Center. Um, I'm the director of operations, and as the director, I oversee the day-to-day happenings around the studios. Um, I have the pleasure of being the first point of contact for all potential students interested in sharing their love of music. Um, My children started their musical journey at RMC in the Wind Ensemble about four years ago, and they're currently enjoying ukulele classes as well as piano lessons. Awesome, and then we love having them. And and actually... um Vicky, and you, you took over for me because when uh, ultimately I was the director of operations when my wife and I first started this school, and I was getting overwhelmed, and, and as my wife was moving on to uh, taking better care of our kids and moved into the executive director role, she stepped in and has done a much better job than I ever did as director <laughs> of operations, I can tell you that. Um, so tell us a little bit about how um, you and how we as RMC get out into the community and serve the community to, uh, as a nonprofit music school. Yes, community is that key word. Um, I love that word. Whenever we talk about RMC, I always so in community. Um, RMC continues to share the joy of music with the community in so many ways. Um, Not only do our adult and student bands participate in free performance opportunities throughout San Diego, um, we perform in Kids Expo and most recently Point Loma Summer Concerts, but we regularly host open mic nights for all of our students that wish to participate. <laughs> I love part open of Friday mic. night liberty. Yeah, it's such such a good time. Um, we continue to offer free workshops and classes in our studios as well as various locations throughout San Diego. Um, for the last several years, we've hosted outreach events at skilled nursing facilities, um, and it's always great time to bring student showcase entertainment as well as ukulele classes to the seniors. Wow. Um, we started a new leadership team. This is super exciting for me. Um, for our middle and high school age students, um, they receive training and volunteer hours, and they serve as mentors in our camps and outreach and group classes, and it truly is community service for these young folks. Wow. You know, Vicki, yeah. as I look at my 
notes here, I see, and I'm wondering if I misquoted this, it says that we serve over 2,000 students per week. Did I make a typo there? I don't think so. That's about right. <laughs> 2,000 students a week. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Vicki Yates, uh, uh, Director of Operations uh, at the Recreational uh, Music Center. Uh, what is this? Look, 2,000 people. Uh, my goodness. Yeah, it's kind of hard keeping those names straight, let me tell you. <laughs> and those are just your own kids. Imagine these other kids <laughs> are coming. <laughs> right. Exactly. So we have actually, we have... Um, what we serve on-site in our music school, but we also, uh, we actually go into the schools. So we have several schools across the county that we actually serve and bring music programs because, as we know, it's getting cut left and right from the schools, which is, you know, we find that criminal. And so no better opportunity than to go where the need is. And so we go into schools. We don't just wait for them to come to us. We go to them. Super important to us. I mean, we care about San Diego County. We care about our kids. We care about, our, you know, both adults and and the next generation, so we want to be where they are and make a difference that way. What else, what else would you like to ask, Vicki? Vicki, so just give me some highlights of uh, this year so far. Sure. So I have, thinking of that, I, a lot of things come to mind, but I have to say our most recent event um, in June we held um, what was called the Battle of the Bands. It was our first event, and I'm sure it's going to be an annual event. Um, together, our nine youth bands raised over $8,000 towards purchasing new band equipment. Um, we had over 200 people in attendance to watch the performance, which was amazing. Wow. Um, our instructors and volunteers all came together. Uh, we created a venue and an experience that we had never done before, the kids had never seen before. And you could see the excitement on all of their faces. It, it was just amazing. We've been able to purchase the much-needed equipment um, with those funds that have been raised, and the students are so appreciative, which is, it just feels good. You know, whenever you see that that in their eyes, yeah. it was an absolute highlight for me. Absolutely incredible! It was a great experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow! You know, I, when when you get a kid, I I don't mean that irreverently. When you get a child or a youngster that yeah. realizes the potential that they have, and when you get a parent that goes, oh, "My child loves music." You know, when children are growing up, you're hoping that they find something that's that's worthwhile instead of you know playing video games forever. And you go, if they're playing keyboard forever, that's not bad. bad. Or if they're playing djembe, if they do it uh, in a garage that's uh, soundproof, that's not not bad either. But the truth of the matter is, these young people, they've got sounds and rhythms within them that, you know, we as uh, musicians of the past, we get pieces of it, but we've also got some rules and regulations in our brain that it's hard to get past those rules and regulations to break into the freedom that Holy Spirit wants us to have. You want, Dave, you want to talk a little bit about, about that? And Vicki Yates says, you, you know, you're the you know, director of operations there, so you, you get to see these kids launch into d- different avenues that maybe you didn't even anticipate yourself. David? Well, absolutely. It's, a, it's, or it's our duty, really, to help unleash that, unleash their voice, unleash their rhythms, unleash their, what, what's in their heart, because that's, that's precious, that's unique. There's nothing that can be duplicated that way. So we don't, we're not about just giving them a bunch of rules and regulations. Yes, yes. We're, we're about excellence, we're, but also about fun and gauging and drawing <laughs> them out. And, and, uh, and we get to see that on a daily basis, right, Vicki? Absolutely. It's really cool. It's, it's, so, it's, uh, it's something that uh, keeps us coming to work every day with a smile on our face. Vicki H., walk us through the process. You've got a youngster that's a little intimidated by all these instruments around there and other people that may look and sound better than they do. But all of a sudden, there's certain, certain times that something just clicks in and all of a sudden they go, 
hey, I can do this. And you may hear sounds that nobody even thought of before coming from them. You want to speak just briefly to that, Vicki? Sure. Well, what makes us a little unique, and I'm not sure if David had already talked about this, is, is our environment itself, the collaborative um, nature of our studio. Um, I don't see a lot of kids or adults coming in intimidated because they're seeing everyone else learning alongside of them. Yes, that's good. Um, again, it's completely unique to us, and it it's inspiring. I mean, not even just youngsters, but the adults who come to us. Um, maybe they haven't picked up an instrument in several years, or maybe it's the very first time they come in, and it's almost like a big sigh of relief when they see that they're in there with other people who are doing the exact same thing that they are. <laughs> You, you got to love that. You got to love that. So we've got about uh, two or three minutes left in this segment, David. Sure. Yeah, where do you and Vicky want to take it? Well, Vicky, I was to ask you one last question: is what's uh, mm-hmm. what's been the most rewarding aspect of working for a nonprofit as a parent, and also, yeah, as a parent, I guess, from that standpoint. Sure. Well, as I stated earlier, I got my start at RMC as a parent, and as a parent, I've truly seen my kids blossom, um, not just as musicians, but as leaders, um, contributors uh, into the community in which they live. They're there, they're um, playing, they're collaborating, um, they've just really taken it all in. Um, as a staff member of RMC, and our instructors hear me say this, David, you probably get tired of hearing me say this, but mm-hmm. it's along the lines of what we were just talking about. I am so inspired every single day when I see students walk through that door. It doesn't matter if they're young or if they're old, um, just their excitement, um, their nerves, just, just being a part in that memory with them. Um, you know, music truly is a universal language, and with each and every event that we host, I just have the pleasure of witnessing lives being changed, literally, a music note at a time, and it's just a fabulous feeling to be a part of that experience with them. Wow. Vicki Yates, uh, Director of Operations, and David Garrity, Director, uh, Recreational Music Center at Liberty Station, right in San Diego County. You know, I realize we've gone through the entire show without you giving a website, right. so I'm going to have you do that. Right, for so right Recreational Music Center in Liberty Station, Point Loma. Our website is rmcsandiego.org. Like RMC. Like Recreational Music Center, rmcsandiego.org. .org. And my listening friend, just go there. You'll have fun on the site. They have fun. They, you know, they've got, you know, it's not just them telling about stuff. It's you actually seeing this interaction here. So it's yeah, enthralling. So spend a little bit of time there. And again, the website is? rmcsandiego.org. Uh, Vicki, we have about a minute left yeah. in this segment. How do you want to close out your interview here, Vicki? I would like to invite people to give us a call. Check out our website, get in contact with us, and just come. Come and check us out and see what music can do for them. They don't have to purchase anything, buy anything. Just come. Be a part of one of our outreach events. Come to one of our open mic nights and just <laughs> just see if they can get a little passion uh, ignited in them. Thank you. Vicki Yates, Director of Operations for the Recreational Music Center. And David, as the announcer, why don't you give the phone number? <laughs> So our phone number is 619-225-9597. 619-225-9597. And again. 619-225-9597. Don't you just love that on, on radio commercials? And one more time, and they've heard it about a thousand times. You Enough, enough. And one more time on the website, David. 
rmcsandiego.org. Come check us out. <laughs> Vicki, thanks for joining Thank us. You, Thank this you, Vicki. Thank you hey, You know, sometimes you got to rub a few things uh, in traditional radio, rub it in our own noses and say, oh, that's some, too much of that. My friend, I hope you're getting stirred by what God is doing in music and how, you know, you may look in the mirror and say that you have a big part to play in this, but you can also pull back from that look in the mirror and see your youngsters running around crazy and wild and you go, how do I settle these guys down? Put a keyboard under their fingers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to talk more about these things and actually have some parents, a parent and a child together in upcoming segments here. You're just going to blow you away. And David Geardy, you're still with me, yes? I'm still here. And Vicki, thank you for joining us. We'll be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on AM 1210 K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Actually, it's Kaz Taylor and David Garrity of the Recreational Music Center in San Diego. He is my co-host for this second hour, and boy, are we... David, we're kind of having fun, aren't we? Oh, this is good. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) And it's going to be more fun, my friend, because you're going to get to hear from another parent on how uh, all this comes together. And my friend, if you have children... You need to realize that there's a whole avenue that's going to take them away from the video games and some of the things that they're maybe wasting their time on and something that not only can bear fruit immediately in them learning uh, something of value, but also once you got it, then you can share it with other people. Isn't that right, David? That's exactly right. Wow, wow, wow. Music, the great distraction. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Music is the great distraction, but it's also more than that. It's It's an anointing vessel as well to bring people to to the creator who Absolutely. loves music as well. He Absolutely. occupies us. He occupies the praises of his people. He sure does. So, you know, well, I was looking forward to this segment because it's going to we're going to talk to another mom who has some insights on this and uh why don't you uh introduce Katrina and we'll kind of go from there and see where Holy Spirit takes this interview. Segment. Absolutely. So, um met uh, Katrina um, last summer, actually, so it's been about a year, and I wish she brought in her daughter to, to a summer camp, and I'll let her talk more about that. But um, just uh, since they've since we've met them, they've been a yeah. great asset, a part of our RMC community, and we love having them. Yes, and 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 Katrina's daughter's name is Aria. Aria, you know, it's remarkable. You know, Katrina, how are you doing? Good to have you on the air with us. I'm. I'm doing really well. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure. You know, we've ta- David and I have talked up how valuable it is not only for the adults to learn music and, and have that as a part of their repertoire, but also introduce young people to this because no telling where God can take this. And uh, you have an actual uh, living example of that in your daughter. So I'm going to let David take this interview away with you and see where it goes. David? Katrina, thank you so much for calling in. It's great talking to you. So um, just tell us a little bit about how long you've been with RMC and um, your first impressions and uh, kind of start there. Yeah, so we have been, you're correct, we've been with RMC. We celebrated our year anniversary in June. Um, Aria had started with the rock band camp, and once she started, she never looked back. And in listening to the introductions, um there's a favorite Shakespearean quote of mine, and it's actually on my kitchen wall. It says, if music be the food of love, play on. And music is so very vital. Say that um, slowly. I love that, Katrina, and I didn't hear all of it. 
if, if music be the food of love, then play on. It's um, <laughs> one of my favorite Shakespearean quotes, and I have it stenciled on my kitchen wall. And if you look even at my daughter's name, her name is Aria. Yeah. Um, and it was before any of the Games of Thrones. It was before <laughs> the casino. It was um, the way I came about it was we had a few different names. And whenever she was born, we were going to say, Someone is going to tell us, she's going to tell us, uh, the, the spirit's going to move us to say which is the right name for her. And Aria is the one that 100% fit her. But I always joke that if she's not musically inclined, she's going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so take us through this. I mean, maybe you saw that she had an appreciation for music, but so you wanted to understand how to cultivate that. And my friend, this could be you as well. So walk us through that, and I'll have David ask the pertinent questions, because I'm not sure exactly what questions to ask, but start out by the process where you realized that you, you wanted to encourage your daughter into music. So I come from a background, I was in musical theater for a very long time. I was a professional actress for a while. And whenever she was, you know, um, even when I was pregnant with her, I'd put the music uh, up to <laughs> my belly and let her listen to it. Uh, because we are a very musical family, and that's where she's named after, is the musicality that's in our family, instead of just named after a person. Um, but over the, the, the past few years, when she was in school, we noticed that she was struggling with reading, and she was struggling with writing, and she was struggling with, with, with spelling, and, and some of these basic things that um, her peers were excelling on. And it took me a long time to get the right testing for her in school. Um, in fourth grade, it really hit home and was extremely impactful because she was in a fourth and fifth grade combination class. And for the first time, she was really aware about how far behind she was with her peers. And she went into a very long spiral of um, depression. So she was diagnosed with a therapist with depression, a very strong lack of self-worth. And in the middle of her fourth grade year, she was diagnosed with auditory processing disorder. So what that means is the way that she intakes the language, the way that she inputs um, just sounds, it doesn't connect like a quote-unquote normal person's would. The, the synapses don't co connect correctly. So she can't really distinguish between primary and secondary um, languages and conversations. It gets jumbled. She gets very easily overwhelmed. When she reads, she can't hear all of the letters that are in a word. So it's, it's a big struggle for her. And what happened um, about the time we got her diagnosed is that she was also part of her school has an arts program and she was uh, selected for the district honor choir for San Diego district. And all of a sudden, people were seeing that she is a singer and she has this musical talent mm. and that's where she felt her sense of worth came in. And that's where she started to feel the positivity in, in her world where her peers were saying, Oh my gosh, you're a beautiful singer. So what I was looking for during the summer was something to be able to continue and to cultivate that. And that's where recreational musical center became recreational music center became into play because I worked in Liberty station, um, and it was just very uh, fortuitous, and it was it was just perfect the way that everything worked out because they were so amazing. And she picked up those drumsticks, she picked <laughs> up the bass guitar, oh. she picked up everything, and, and she's never put them down and looked back. And what's amazing <laughs> now is that she's able to distinguish between harmony and melody. She's able to distinguish now between um, the different instruments that are on a song. So we'll sit there and we'll listen. We're on uh, a trip for example, either 
from home to school or from home to her um, grandparents' house in, in Phoenix. And she'll sit there and listen to all the music and be able to pick it out. Um, and then what was super important is that during rock band camp, um, they learned three songs in a week and then they perform them at the end of the week. And it's, helps with her memorization because she has memory problems. So she has problems processing the short-term memory to the long-term memory. So to be able to have that sort of thing, um, she'll come home and she'll practice and and practice and practice and practice. Um, And one of my favorite aspects of what's happened to her from RMC, in addition to all of these things that are happening to help rewire her synapses and and to kind of help retrain her brain the way that I say it, is that um, during rock band camp last year, she did an Imagine Dragons song uh, for one of the performances. And she was just on the drums, 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 drums. That was her thing. And she found out that I had bought tickets for myself for the Imagine Dragons show that was coming in September. And she's like, Mommy, but I really want to go with you. And I'm like, okay, perfect. And I went back online. I had bought my tickets in May. And this is September, and the concert's three weeks away. And the seat right next to me was still open. Oh, no. I bought it. Yeah, that's a God thing, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Oh, and, my. She, and she goes to the show. And what's amazing is that during a couple of the songs, everybody stops what they're doing. The, the bass player, the guitar player, the lead singer, everybody stops what they're doing and they all start doing drum breaks. Oh my. In the middle of the show, they transition from the main stage to a side stage and the drummer then picks up a cello and the, the lead singer sits on the keyboards. And it's just, every, she was able to see that she can be multifaceted in music. She doesn't have to just say, She's like, Mommy, I can do more than just drums. Oh, Yeah, my, my, my. you can do more than... You can sing, and you can play the guitar, and you can play the cello. And now she's transitioning into sixth grade. Um, we put her into a summer program with her school. So she's going to a, um, a charter school called Magnolia Science Academy. So it's a STEAM program. So they have a very fine um, arts program in addition to science because she's very project-based hands-on. That's how she learned. My, my, my. And through the music, everything that RMC has given her, now during the summer she picked up band, and so she, now she's learning <laughs> percussion more than just the drums. My, so my. someone else is on the drums, and she's on this on the xylophone, and she said, and, Mom, not And singing, too. That's, that's remarkable. She's Katrina, singing. we're so honored to have you it. share this insight, but you know, one of the things, we're only got a minute left in this in this segment, but let me say, I commend you as a parent who was looking for the greater deposits of gold in your child and you realize that music was the key not only instrumental music but singing as well and so david in the next uh, 45 seconds that we have in this this segment why don't you bring this to a, a close and we got to thank uh, katrina and her uh, daughter thank you so much katrina katrina well. for your yeah. time and if um if you just have one little nugget that you want to share about recreational music center to all the listeners out there that that um that they might would know as from a parent's perspective there is no way that I could have done this for my daughter. There is no way I could have gotten her the help that she needs to have it not been for David and me sitting down in tears to say, I can't afford it. I'm a single mom. I am on a very limited budget. And David said, we'll figure it out. We have scholarships. My, and my, that my. is the single most important thing of how I can help my daughter because there's nothing in this world that hurts more than to feel helpless when you can't do something for your child. Mm. And David cleared that roadblock. And I am eternally grateful to David and to RMC. Katrina, and your last name, is it Faisal? 
Help me with your pronouncing your last vessel. It's vessel, yeah. Thank, thank yeah. you, Katrina, and, and thank you for uh, kind of taking. You, you know, you've you've had background in in entertainment and things like that before, so it was kind of a natural transition for you to share that mm-hmm. with your child. So, thank you very much for joining us on this segment, David. What remarkable people, and, and this is a, just an, a cross section of the kind of people that come uh, to you and with you at Recreational Music Center. My listening friend, uh, I'm going to have you give the the website real quickly right now. It's rmcsandiego.org. Rmcsandiego.org. My friend, you might want to dig into this, especially if you're a parent that's looking for some. Something that your child can do, but not only do, but excel in and uh, live their whole life using. And we're going to talk more about that. David, I'm going to ask you to bring kind of a summary to everything we've talked about. And we've discussed an awful lot. And my listening friend, we're going to have you stay with us because we're going to talk more deeply about this and how you can become more involved in your child's life in something that they're going to be able to carry with them ad infinitum. <laughs> we're going to be right back, David. Good to have you join Thank us. You. We'll be right back. <clears throat> This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 Cape Race. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on Cape Race. Here's Cass Taylor. And thank you very much, uh, David Garrity is with us with the Recreational Music Center in San Diego. And we've had fun, have we not? It's been great. We're going to, you know, I mentioned a scripture earlier, David. I'm going to relate it here again as we launch off into this segment. I'm going to ask you to give some summary things, but not only summarize the over big picture, but I mean, you. there's a Katrina uh, area story that you wanted to tell as well, because my friend, if you're a parent you want, and your child may be kind of fractured a little bit doing this, that, and the other thing, uh, music can help you focus. Mm. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as well as you do the summary. But let me give you the scripture, my friend. is found in the, the book of Zephaniah uh, 3.17. And it talks about the Lord our God in the midst of you is mighty, that he will save, and he will rejoice over you with joy. The Lord will rejoice over you with joy. And many scholars believe that this scripture illustrates how God will sing joyfully over us. You know, music is very important to God. And we talked about another scripture, too, how God inhabits the praises of of his people. Music is important to God. And when we uh, discover that music, you got the music in you, we do have the music and we got the songs that nobody else can pen that you can pen my friend. So, so David, it's a good opportunity for us to talk a little bit more about the recreational music center, San Diego, but also uh, kind of summarize things. But during the break, you said, you know, Katrina has a real story there as well. And area, and this will speak to you, my, my, uh, parent friends, that uh, your child may be having challenges in a number of different things. Music and the disciplines tied to music can help solve that problem. David? Absolutely. And uh, I'll never forget that um, Katrina came into my office after uh, in September of last year. And um, after uh, Aria had been with us in our summer camp for eight straight weeks, so she'd been most of the summer every week at our, our rock band camps and Having and just seeing her transform was amazing to see from someone shy, a little bit timid, to outgoing and front front stage for the performances. But Katrina came to my office and she said, "I just have to tell you this." She said, "It's been a week since my daughter went back to school, and she had several teachers on that first day she went back look at her and tell her something's changed about you." <laughs> and uh, and and for me, that's you know that's what we live for. We live to see the change in people's lives. It's made a huge difference in my life, and so I love it when I get to hear the stories of other people's change and oh, how that makes oh a my. difference. David Garrity, I love you, man. I appreciate you. I've appreciated you and what you do for a long time. Recreational Music 
Center San Diego. Well, why don't we give the, the website one more time? Yes, it's rmcsandiego.org. Okay, let's talk a little bit about supporters. You know, uh, a lot of the things that you do couldn't happen without uh, vigilant supporters on this, and there are a lot of music lovers out there. Tell a little bit about the support group. Absolutely. So RMC, I mentioned before, is a nonprofit organization. So we have our um, uh, fee-for-service, which is uh, a a great uh, deal what we do, and a lot of our students come through and and uh, uh, pay for lessons. But really the the heart of what we do is, like even Katrina, uh, Katrina said, we... Um, we, we need to have, uh, we do scholarships. So we make sure that it's our number one goal is that if music is for everyone and we truly believe that yes. we've got to stand for that. And that means there's, there should be no barriers. There yes. should be no, no, uh, no barriers whatsoever. That's just to stop you from coming in for lessons. And one of the big ones is finances. And so yes. we break those walls down right out the gate. We make sure that if you need financial support, you let you ask for it and we come and come behind you and make that happen. And so, uh, we've done that from day one, even, uh, when Les and I were starting with just, you know, four teachers and two students, we always, always been about that. And so it takes a great community. It takes a community of people who believe in music and the power of music to come alongside us and to support. So we have our, of course, our community of people who pay for lessons that help support, keep the lights on, but even more important so that everybody can have access to music either in their schools or in our, um, in our, uh, facility. And so, uh, small businesses that come and support friends and family, but we just urge the community at large that believe in music to, come behind us and help donate to, to our cause so we can continue to offer excellence in music. Yeah, and a lot of schools uh, are not, they've kind of dropped their music programs as Absolutely. well. And, you know, a lot of parents go, why do they do that? That was one of the things that actually was a springboard for my child, and it's not there anymore. Right. Well, I think that you could say, tr- honestly, that the Recreational Music Center, among others, there's a lot of other Absolutely. quality places in San Diego County, but we have David on the air today, and so I wanted to highlight the things that he does. And you had mentioned uh, that you serve over 2,000 students per week. That's a pretty big budget item to figure out how to facilitate this as a nonprofit, isn't sure. it? Sure, absolutely. And I think uh, that's, it's, that's from day one has always been the juggling act, especially as we, in the last five years, have really grown in our reach. And I mean, I think people seeing the value of music and it's opened a lot of doors for us. And, and really, Leslie, my wife, and, and my heart is, is to really take it everywhere that, you know, everywhere we can. And, and we see differences being made in people's lives, no matter what, whether we're running a music school in Pacific Beach Elementary or, you know, or, uh, or in our own building in Liberty Station, we, we see lives transform and that shows value. And, and, uh, we just, um, we're just fortunate enough to be doing what we're doing. Wow. 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 You know, and the funny thing about this, and I'm being a little facetious, but bear with me, my friends, uh, music was around before video games, right? <laughs> <laughs> music was around before a lot of other, in fact, God, before even, you know, in the heavenlies, music was the component, the big component, uh, with Satan kind of went the wrong direction with that, but God is restoring music to his kids. And I have a feeling music is really going to be a vital part. You look in the book of revelation, you realize they're all around the, throne and we're singing the song of uh, of moses song of the lamb please so a lot of the different things are going on but these are things that god has instilled within our very being and uh don't you think it's time my listening friend that not only you discover what that sounds like yourself but also your children i'm going to give this to you for the next minute or two to to summarize this thing and then we'll have to close the show i wish we had you know 24 7 hours to talk about this because this is that kind of important Mm. 
the creator. Well, this has been great, Kaz, and I really appreciate this opportunity. <laughs> yes. And I mean, you remember, it was, it's not too long ago, maybe 30, 40 years, where it wasn't a question of if you played, but yeah. what instrument you played. Yes, I like that. And so nowadays, we don't have that same stream story. Most most kids don't have access to uh, music in schools or, or the, um, have access to music in that category. So our job as Recreational Music Center is to make sure that music is fun, engaging, relevant to where they're at, and then most importantly, that it, we have, everybody has access to it. And so our, our goal, our mission, our journey is to transform lives one yes. note at a time. And yeah. so to do uh-huh. that, it takes support of everyone. It takes those who can come up alongside us and donate to our cause to help continue to make sure that nobody gets left out and left behind. But really, our passion is to, again, ignite the spark yes. in every single individual because it starts with the spark, yes. and then God takes it from there. And here's the deal. You're, you're a, a nonprofit. Yes. You and your wife are vigilant Christians. I've known you. You have a heart cry for that. But you don't, it's not, you don't, that's not a big part of the, I mean, let's just say the lifestyle that you show is is, show, is the Christianity part. You're not pounding the pulpit for these kids. You're showing them uh, a real heart cry for music. And you, you don't get into the gospel this or gospel that, but you showcase that in your actions and the manner in which you deal with people. Would that be accurate? That's 100% accurate. And we have, we, we service everybody in our community. And in order to be a true community representative, we don't put anything, one, one thing above another. That's good. Everybody, we're all equal. We're all humanity who loves music. And so <laughs> we believe in that. And we believe that God does the work. You know, uh, that's really so does. Good. And music, hey, music's fun. It's yes, engaging. Yes, yes. And it does a, it does a um, great service to our community the more music can be in our community. David Garrity, I, I love chatting with you, and I love your vision for Recreational Music Center of San Diego. Say hi to Les- Leslie for me, would you? I will, for sure. I, I've always, that, that girl has a spark. Ah. God, God love that. And she's not only a great mom, but a great musician oh, as phenomenal. well. My listening friend, I hope, but we're going to have to uh, close this segment in this two-hour show, but I hope this, the content of these, this show, not only in business wisdom, but also in music wisdom, has, been, has uh, rent your heartstrings and that you can find out more about these things. My friend, by the way, um, this is one of the few live shows on KPRZ. A lot of the stuff is pre-taped. And I, I, we have a friend, I have a friend, Frank, Frank Sontag. He has the Frank Sontag show on Monday through Fridays from 2 to 4 on KPRZ uh, AM 1210. And I really recommend that you listen to that live broadcast as well. He brings in people and talks about pertinent things as well. But we've had a great time, I'll tell you, David Garrity, haven't we? Talking about great. music, and my friend, God has put that music in you. Uh, you know, next week I'm going to be uh, live from Washington, D.C., David. We're going to do some worship 24 hours a, a day, right. seven days for the full week in Washington, D.C., awesome. in a place called David's Tent. So I'll be broadcasting live from there. We're about finished right now. David Garrity, thank you for joining us. Thanks for And my friend, uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on AM 1210 K-Praise. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.